0: The Almeida Theatre Podcast. Today's podcast is with an actress who I worked with about 10, 15 years ago, uh, initially, called Noma de Miswaney. She's an actress of huge versatility. Uh, I first worked with her on a production of six characters in Search of an Author, beginning at the Chichester Festival Theatre and then going on to the West End. Uh, We then subsequently worked at the Royal Shakespeare Company on a production of Romeo and Juliet. And since that time, uh, we've stayed friends and i followed her career, uh, including a wonderful performance in Simon Stevens's play, Calm and Disruption, at the Almeida. I guess now she is best known as a multi-award winning actor, possibly and most sensationally in Harry Potter, the stage show, which she won the Olivier Award for. Uh, Noma, join me uh, from New York, where she's now living, having done Harry Potter over in <clears throat> Broadway. And we caught up a little bit on where she is with her work and how she's feeling about the lockdown. Uh, how are you coping over in New York?
1: Um, right now, this moment mm. in time, the sun is shining. The child has done her online schooling. She's mm. happily ensconced in her bedroom. I've got a glass of red wine in my hand. I've just cooked some plantain. I'm, I'm doing quite well, actually. <laughs> I'm, love it, love it. <laughs> I'm loving it. I know, but I'm also very aware how lucky I am. I, this thing of going, those, all of us who can um, relax at home and seriously relax and be still, we're privileged, and that's an extraordinary closely, thought.: That's true yeah, It's true. I completely agree. It's
0: true. The, we've sort of been doing these podcasts for a little while, but what we, um, what I suppose to focus on, on these ones through through lockdown and quarantine is kind of trying to mm. remind everybody kind of why they do it and what they love about it, because God knows how long we'll be away from it. And so a question that I kind of wanted to start with, uh, uh, whether you could give us a show that had like really inspired you, now now that we're without theatre and without culture more widely. Mm. When when you look back, is there one show you've seen either recently or way back that you felt was like really inspirational about what theatre means to you?
1: Well, the most recent one that I absolutely and totally fell in love with um, and people know this because I just keep beating on about it, was uh, Seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner at the mm. Royal Court by Jasmine Lee Jones. And um, that was extraordinary. That was extraordinary for me. Uh, because in terms of... I remember sitting with Adjoa Ando. You know Adjoa Ando. Sure, yeah, yeah. We just bumped into each other at a the theatre, and I, it was the last matinee before finishing. So i just arrived back um, on the Friday from... Oh no, I can't remember. It was their it was their it was their last matinee, and I was going. This is the only chance I can get to see it because I was just in, in London for a short time. And uh, downstairs in the bar was Adwa ander. Oh, hello. Yeah, we're just curious. All the people that were really like keep talking about this piece of theatre, so I'm curious. And it's almost that fi- that FOMO thing. Oh, so and so really likes it. So and so really likes it. Let me go and have a look. Um, and we both sat. I can. I'm sure Adwa can back this up. We both sat open mouthed at the end of it. And why I kept thinking about it constantly was, first and foremost, the acting was fantastic. The directing was so clear, so precise. Um, the feel emotionally, I totally got. But I'm, you're also speaking to a black woman of a certain age, watching two black women on stage who are of a certain age, way, way younger. And it's that sense of, oh, my God, this is extraordinary. And then this young black woman who wrote it, going, okay, she's only, what, 21, 22, or what, something mm-hmm. ridiculous like that. And I remember Patrick Marber being in um, the space as well um, afterwards, just all going, wow, that was a voice and it was the writing. Let's come back to theatre and writing. And it's always in the stories for me, Um, Mm -hmm. as you know, and that's what you value. Um, And there was just something about this voice. I need to hear this voice in the next, I need to hear and see what happens with this voice in the next 20 years. Do you right. know what I mean? Universe yeah. Yeah, willing. That's, that was seminal. that's what was seminal about it. And I was also a bit kind of prudish because I didn't like the title when I first <laughs> heard about it. I was like, oh God, oh no. And then in my head again, they're going to sue you. That that, that family's going to sue you. You can't do that. And mm. of course, that's what theatre can do. Because then when I watched it, I went, oh shit, excuse my language. Mm. It makes sense.
0: And can I, can I just pick up, I mean, I think you and I are... Have... A similar dignified age but um <laughs> how, how,
1: how
0: I guess how do you feel as, as a, a black British actress kind of looking at that work and do you feel that there was a, a lack of representation earlier in your career when you were starting out did you feel like that was a,
1: oh, uh yes. yes we've had this conversation mm-hmm. you and I as well kind of <laughs> remember we sat with Poppy Miller in the bar in mm-hmm. In, in New York. Um, it was really interesting. I remember that being a really interesting conversation because the world is changing so it seems to be or feels to be changing so fast um, mm. for a lot of people and a lot of experiences. What your question is, how do I feel now? Yeah, do you feel I mean, I
0: suppose, do you feel angry at all about like the no. uh, the failure of the industry earlier? Or do you feel no, like um... No,
1: no, no. It's like a kid growing, isn't it? It's mm. like I, I you cannot all you can do is forgive people, to a certain extent, for their ignorance. Uh, you get angry with them when they don't learn. Um, mm. So the, the that very first initial thing, you go, OK, so we're all learning this all together. I can only talk about how my experience has been compared to all the other amazing actresses of colour, Black, Asian, Indian, South... Asian. Do you know what I mean? We mm. it, the, the default is white. That's what we're talking about. So we've all had different experiences. And it's also it's also dawned on me right now that not right now, but in the last week, having conversations that let's talk about the East Asian actors that we know. Oh, my God, mm. we're we're all going, well, it's been hard. It's been and we, it has been hard and it has been about and it is a battle. But actually, can we also acknowledge that there are other people having a really hard time So Mm. why I'm saying that is because in this moment in time, the conversation is all out there. It's all, even you have asked in this conversation Mm. and me being able to answer it. That's a huge thing to be able to do. We wouldn't have done that 10 years ago. We wouldn't have done that, what, 15 years ago when we first met because that's not where our heads were because that wasn't the important thing.
0: I know, Um, it's strange. I mean, I look back when we were doing six characters together and there were you, you know, leading that company in the West End and... I think, I mean, I guess it's awful of me to say, I, I was aware of the significance of that at some level, but it wasn't, did, did you feel... Um, I
1: the, think when we came the, to the, uh,
0: the, Yeah, in the West End, that must have felt a very strange experience yeah. for you.
1: It was, it was, because it was also my first time in the West End, like that, we came from Chichester. Mm. Actually, do you know what, Reaper? even doing it in Chichester <laughs> was extraordinary. That, yeah, to I be know. honest, I think that was more extraordinary than doing it in London. And yeah. I felt a lot of pressure because it was also my first gig Proper, it was actually my second gig, but I call it my first talking gig after having a child. So there was so much stuff going on around that time, and the world and the universe had opened up in a different way. So mm-hmm. the first gig I did after having the child was what I call the Walking Not Talking play um, at the National Theatre, The mm-hmm. Hour We Knew Nothing of Each Other by Peter Hanker, which is an extraordinary piece of theatre. And boos and bravos at the curtain call most nights, which was amazing. And then my talking show, which is also in my head, is always the first play that I did was working with you and Ben mm-hmm. on six characters. And actually, Ian McDermott leading Denise Garth becoming a star from that as well. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. An extraordinary company, me getting to meet Christine Edmersall and Freya Parker mm-hmm. and just lovely, amazing creative people. Um, but we were all, because also that piece of theatre, for me, was a strange piece of theatre to go into the West End. It wasn't even about me, colour. Yes, it was mm. underlined for me there. But again, we're taking this piece of theatre.
0: This crazy to European the West End. piece of theatre. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's exciting for me. Yeah.
0: Because I remember back around then, and I guess that was around the time when we were doing Romeo and Juliet together as well. That we, Were you yeah. on the board at the RSC at that point?
1: I, I think it was, yes, no, it, I was on the board at that point, yes.
0: Yeah. So so I I'm interested, took it to like, you,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, how was that as an experience and, and is that something you feel you'd like to see more of, um, artists and actors being at sort of governance level in, in arts organisations? Do you think that would, that would
1: did you I feel you were able to really affect helpful. change? Well, mm. I, was, I was able to be in a room. I was able to hear how, and all the rooms that I have been in and that, on that, level as, as trustees or associates has been amazing for me. And that, that started off at the RSC, now I'm on, on at the Royal Court as well. And you kind of go, wow, this is how things go. But first and foremost, as an actor who happens to be black is why I'm there, I'm so aware of that. And that's, I have no problem with that whatsoever. And when I get to when I remember the first time being at the RFC, um, the, the associate artist with me as actors was the, late great Tim Pigger smith and that was for mm-hmm. me a joyous presence to be part of in terms of history in terms of history of the Royal Shakespeare Company and just like as an actor took my lead from him um, and yeah so you kind of go let's just sit and watch I do remember a moment that there have been a couple of moments when people have turned around to me literally I, I, I can see it in my head right now when an issue of uh, diversity other whatever I've, I've seen 15 heads turn around or look at me at the same time <laughs> to kind of go, well, you must be the representation for all people black. And in that moment, I remember going, I don't know. What do you want? I, I remember answering the thing. And then afterwards I went, Oh, shit, man. They, hmm. they really, um, wanted me to explain on behalf of all black people. And yeah. it's just a thing at the time. It's just a thing at the time. it was a curious little moment that I went, Oh, wow. Because I grew up, I grew from that moment realizing. Well, obviously, I can't. I can only talk again from my experience. And there's this wonderful phrase at the moment: "Blackness is not a monolith." I think it's been around for a while, but it's it's just a great thing to keep reminding each other. Mm. Because it must have been very.
0: Because one of the things I'm really aware of is, I remember when I first became an artistic director at uh, Northampton, in my first management meeting, there was all, yeah. the, all this language and jargon around budgets and protocols and safety measures that I literally didn't understand a word of what they were talking about. And it took me so long to feel I had the confidence to to, to contribute it. to those kind of quite intimidating yeah. rooms where you have a bunch of bright people, often smartly yeah. dressed, sitting around a table, and, and how, um, oh my God. How, how the industry is not great, maybe, at kind of allowing the the more intuitive and rough and ready and, and um, yeah. forceful and emotional, let's face it, kind of expression of, of the artists into the decision-making. And, and yeah, I think that's also really, really important.
1: But I think it's really important. And I think that's why I really enjoyed it being part of Michael Boyd's season there as well, going into mm-hmm. Greg's. That, that was my first, and we're talking about the RSC and that sets being in mm-hmm. that kind of room. And then with um, Vicky Feathers, Featherstone and the Royal Court, you kind of go, oh yeah, okay this is how because we are intuitive we are going i have no basically every time and still though when it comes to the numbers section the finance i literally i there is a (laughs) flat line that goes on into my in my brain because i also realize it's okay i don't need to be in charge of that bit noma does not need to know that bit. there are experts in the room i can ask in confusion and people will answer that so those rooms are kind of interesting i mean i do have an interesting perspective but again it's only my perspective as your perspective is only yours
0: so let's just just talking about that unique perspective of yours tell us a little bit about how how you began and like how you know what role if any theater played in your childhood and and was it something that you felt like was going to be part of your life when you were younger
1: i I, it was it was workshops it was my mum needing me and my sister to do something while she worked and we were school holidays or some kind of holidays because she was being the single parent at that time who had to earn in Suffolk but then I did have this moment when I got which is a story I was told the the Wolsey Youth Theatre in Ipswich Suffolk I call it my saving grace and theatre did save me in that sense because I found a group of people who I really liked meaning I wasn't good at school I wasn't academic I wasn't that wasn't a great space for me always an outsider in that space and then finding this youth theatre and actually my oldest friends are from the youth theatre the ones I still keep in touch with to this day um mm. so that's how I got into doing theatre but didn't realise I was going to be an actor until my mid-20s I tried to get into drama school didn't get in um you kind of go all right let's let's just see what's going to happen and w- worked for a, a PR company thinking yeah this is it I'll do this so I didn't know this, it didn't hit that I could do it until my 20s when I went, after I didn't get into drama school, got this job in the PR company, got made redundant, and then I went, what do I really want to do? And I went, I've always liked the acting. Okay, let me go back to that, let's see. And that felt, okay, let's restart, rewind.
0: And so what did you so do at that in, point?
1: In that point, I went to the City Lit and um, oh, yeah. did workshops and script, script um, reading scripts and sight reading. I remember going to um oh, jackson's lane jackson's lane mm, yes sure. in archway and dexter Fletcher and his brothers were running this workshop this um improv workshop which is brilliant um again some good friends from that time um still around and it was just for me it was really good coming from suffolk to go to to have that experience there's london and i mean like proper london kids who've all grown up in the unassured world for me, that was proper London, and that was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, got it, got it. This is a different thing. What's that energy and just breaking down whether you like somebody or not or whether you like their work or not. And it's like, let's just go back to the art again. Um So my big thing, Reaper, I realize is that I, it's more and more about the, who, the experience I'm having with people that shifts yeah. how I'm moving the world. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like from when we did Romeo and Juliet, I was surprised from the doing six characters because I was like oh right okay we're going to work again with each other yes <laughs> and I think that was the beginning of my yeah okay yeah we can do that I've, it was the beginning of my times of working with the same people over over and over again I mean I've done a few other actors before uh, directors before um, but that was from such a different company to a different company and I really enjoyed that experience but it was strange do you know what I mean I did, sure. I did enjoy that yeah so, so
0: when so, so now with your I mean, it's been incredible success. I mean, it's been building for Whoa. years now, but no. I mean, particularly no, Harry though. Potter. it and, hasn't, uh... though.
1: It hasn't, though. It hasn't, though. Well, what well, happened well, is well, I got this gig on Harry Potter and everything changed. Yeah. Because in my head, I was a jobbing actor. And I, when, when we say success, and we kind of go, well, I, I'm mm. paying my bills from mm. doing acting. That's fantastic. And I've got food on the table. That's fantastic. And this is how it's going to be. But in terms of, yeah, the, the shift,
0: so let, let's talk a bit about Harry Potter. So, so when they first said, would you come and meet for that, what did you think?
1: What did they not <laughs> the it. <laughs> No, 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 mate, no, not at all, not at all. It was workshops, and like you talk about the workshops, can you imagine mm. if they'd offered it to me immediately? I would not be doing it, basically, because I'd going, well, you're so stupid, of course not, we're not going to be doing Harry Potter on stage. But that's what was very funny, is that it was like, do you fancy doing this reading, and it's like this secret reading for John Tiffany and Stephen Hoggett, but they're not saying what it is. But you've got to go to Sonia Friedman's office and read a script. Okay, you turn up for a script and you go, oh shit, oh my God, okay, <laughs> what? They're turning Harry Potter into a play, that's ridiculous. But mm. I get to work with John Tiffany and Stephen Hogger, which at that point I'd not done. We've overlapped and, and times and, and missed and different things. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll do the workshop. It'd be lovely just to do workshops to be in their, their same space. And um, and I just recently called up with them on another workshop. So it's like, yeah, absolutely, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll work with them. And then what it was for me personally was watching this room of creatives trying to solve a problem. John trying to figure out how he wants to stage this thing. How will Stephen, how does he want to make the movement work in terms of the story? Jack Thorne trying to go, does this work? And what was lovely about the room of actors, I did the workshop about four times and the room would keep shifting and changing for whatever the needs were of the makers to try and solve the thing. So with mm. Jack in terms of the writing, what I loved is that there'll be people who knew the books and people who didn't know the books at all. And someone like Jeffrey Freshwater is in there. Generally, like, I have no mm. idea what these books are about. <laughs> and um, which is perfect and I, I was like I'm really enjoying this but I enjoy the solving of a thing more and more I realize I enjoy the solving of a thing that's why I love rehearsals mm-hmm. a lot more I think I realize um so, than so I want else. to ask you this
0: I know this is something we touched on a bit in New York but just to to share it with people uh, that rehearsal process must have been so rich and incredible and I know what a great divisor and you know obviously you've done some directing and that must have been a wonderfully creative thing but it was such a long gig. I mean, you were so acclaimed in that show, all of you, those original <laughs> cast members. How many years did you do it for? Like two years?
1: So in total, I think when we finished, so it's March 17th last year from the original mm. company, because um, it now, yeah, shifted. Um, and it was three years. We were coming to three years to do one show. And if you, and I always remember saying in that last, last few months, if you had told me I'd be doing one show, for the next three years and only one show, not other shows in between as a company, I would have gone F off. No way. No, no way. No way. And these things can only happen bit by bit. So but how because
0: I always think that, I mean, obviously the cliche is how do you learn your lines is the kind of uh, the cliche question. But I, I sort <laughs> of feel like in a way yeah. for, for actors that to me, the greatest mystery as a director and is um, repetition. Like how do you,
1: that was how my do terror. you sit that, That was my terror. Oh, Rupert, that was my terror that I was going to, because the bottom line is that the job offer did come and that was amazing. And then I had a very long conversation with my agent, Nikki, going, I don't know whether I can do this for a year. I I don't think I can. I mean, if they'd offered three months, that'd be fantastic. I wouldn't think about it at all. Um, And I really had to think about why I was going to, take this gig for a year because that was my terror Going, I do not want to get bored. That repetition was it going to, because there'd been some gigs that happens and you're not quite there in a day in a, on a thing. And anyway, jump cut to a year later mm-hmm. in London. And I'm going, oh, I'm still having a laugh every time I go on stage with Paul Thornley. Oh, I'm still having a, do you know what I mean? I can look at these mm-hmm. actors. We may be knackered and lying on the in our dressing rooms. In between shows, having a little nap because it's a long day, as you know. And Mm. then I realized I never got bored. And I cannot explain that to you. I may have got bored of peripheral stuff, but the moment it is that a really interesting thing. I think that actors love is that when you do, when you're the right group of people, you do step on stage and you still don't know what's going to happen. That keeps you going. That's great. And I really love that. I really love that. So I can that's my my um the honoring of the my my fellow actors.
0: Yeah, my bet. So when you look at that that incredible success you've had and you know now you've got all this um this screen success as well and and you're based in New York and when you look back at the you know, the young actress who didn't get into drama school or or was, you know, freaking around in Jackson's Mm. Lane, do you think do you think people didn't see what you had, or do you think you had a lot still to learn, or like like what's that journey been? What what I do you think? F-
1: I think absolutely number two. I had a lot to learn, but I didn't see what I had, and I'm still trying to figure out what on earth that is. I think you, we can't. It's really interesting. I did. I think one of the um, one of the waking up shows for me, and it was it was like it was the show just before Harry Potter was doing Linda the Royal Court, and it was mm. felt like. Um, because I had to step in and I had uh, basically turn up on a Friday afternoon with a script in a hand uh, blocking a show that someone had had to leave um, and then the rest of the company would put this show together and I said so that's on a Friday afternoon and then the following Thursday is our very first show because tech it's, it was due to start on the Monday that was one of the most extraordinary things for me as an actor because um, why do I say that in terms of the question you just asked, did I know what I had? What, what it made me realise is the thing that I love about actors, that we will put on a show and we'll do what we need to do when we need to do it. But all I could do was hold a script in my hand, have trust of all the actors around me, the director had trust going, we just need to tell this story. And mm-hmm. then the reaction, what, and why I'm saying this, because that's when I, there were so many actors who came up to me going oh mate thank you for doing that that's amazing because it goes to that old stories that hey kids let's put on a show let's do yeah. it let's just do it and the adrenaline that goes with that and the fear that goes with that is extraordinary so so do you think, do you think it, the lesson got, from that
0: is is that to put yourself in as an actor to put yourself in dangerous situations or high-risk situations because you'll learn from that do you think that's what you, you took for, i, I you were think
1: Thank you very much. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. I, I don't think we should we should blindly put ourselves in, in high-risk situations. You put yourself mm-hmm. in high-risk situations knowing that there's a soft landing. My soft landing was I had a script in my hand. I'd worked with Michael Longhurst a couple of times. If, if it had been a director, I didn't know. I would not have gone into that space. I knew mm-hmm. um, Penny's play. I knew the Royal Court. So you kind of go, well, OK, well, I've got no work going on. I'm just going to fit it in, so that works perfectly. Yeah, all right, i have a script in my hand. And then the challenge became to get rid of the script, and that's when I kind of grew as an actor. But what it was for me, that it made me realise that people's reactions to it, to what I did, was what had changed in terms of me becoming a name. I don't know how to describe that, because then it led into doing Harry Potter, Potter, because that was the news. At at that time, I did that show, and then the news of Harry Potter came out. So you had these wonderful colliding moments which aligned yeah. to make people go oh you did that and you got that okay yeah. let's see you so
0: I, I mean it's funny i always think you know that all actors learn from playing a lead and i know that's rather anti-democratized oh, right. democ- kind of, you know and, and i think e- e- even if it's like down at you know you know, tiny barn in Truro or something. You'll still learn a lot by playing a lead, um, uh, maybe even more. And and uh, you know, it's amazing what carrying a show does. And I remember watching you with that script in oh, hand and thinking. But also, do you know what? It struck me when I was watching you was it reminded me what a a natural gift you've got with an audience. I remember that from Romeo and Juliet as well, oh. and Harry Potter as well. That like. You love, in, in a great, gorgeous, actually, you love, love an audience. <laughs> I love and, an audience. And is that, is, is, that something, <laughs> is that something you've always had? I mean, when you were like I a love very...
1: I love an audience. I mean, I love a, did you have that as a kid? Do you know what? I think there's a little moment. I'm just remembering. And um, yeah, it was, it was like a somewhat... It was a show and tell at school or something like that. And I just mm. loved the. It was very early days, and I think that made because that's just popped back in again. Mm-hmm. And it was me showing we'd gone camping or something, and i us show that this. And I was quite, I was quite big, yes. Mm. I mean, in, t- in terms of movement and stuff like that, yes, you shall see who I am. <laughs> but there is a sense, but my my thing, I do love an audience because I think you have to like being an actor. I'm sorry, you can't not go into becoming an actor and not wanting. Or not wanting to share the thing that you've just done for the audience. Because then,
0: hmm.
1: for me, what's the point of being an actor? Because we, it's a bit psychotic because we do stand up there going, look, I've just put on this like dress. Now, I'm going to do this. Now, tell me you like me. No, <laughs> no, no, you, because I've just put it on for you. You've got to tell me you like me. Uh, oh, my God, you don't like me. Then I'm going to me- work really hard to make you like me. But there is, I think you have to be very, very... Um, audiences can be pissers as well by the way as actors can be pissers audiences can be pissers because i do look at them as individual every night as an individual person that group of people and there's the shy person there's the loud person there's the gregarious person there's the Mm. cold person and you've got to look at them that way so it's a it's a it's a communication and therefore yes i love an audience Rupert (laughs)
0: well i think that's a great thing um because i (laughs) because i I feel you're like a a, you know a a pure theater actor in that sense but then of course, you've had great success on screen recently and been doing lots of it as well and and, um you know i guess because you've done a lot of theater for somebody who is a a performer to the ends of their toes and 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 likes breaking the fourth wall in in in, in the way that theatre requires. Yeah, I like how 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 is the you know, especially given your you're sort of not I don't know, whether training even matters in screen necessary but how have you how do you find the move
1: to screen oh, acting? It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Um I I, sorry, I just keep thinking about what you just said and that's really lovely because mm-hmm. I do I do love being an actor I do love being a theater actor and that is absolutely what I know transitioning into this TV thing I don't know where I am yet I tell you what I have said and this is what I realized is I like I've, I've got to I, I could go and stand on any stage in the world right now and I have a sense of where to look I have a sense of where to tell a story I have a sense of how to share this moment on a stage when I go on onto a soundstage or onto location. And there are all these crew men and women um, logging things who don't say hello to you because we don't know each other, but you know the director um, as you do. Do you know what I mean? You being that Mm. film director, there are only a few people that you talk to up to a certain stage before other people talk to other people, if that makes sense. Whereas in theatre, we all know each other. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, it's still nerve wracking for me. I still get, um, uh, not uh, i get uh, anxiety in my stomach now because it's now a new thing so my point being i am now learning a whole new way of working in this um dynamic yes we are storytellers i do think we're story makers storytellers whatever form it is but in this way i've got to readjust and i'm also coming to it as an uh, uh, an older actor do you know what i mean i've mm-hmm. done tiny bits of tv here and that tiny 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 which is lovely and it was always the theater but when it comes to tv i'm going oh my god i've got to start all over again but i'm choosing to put myself into that space because i do want to figure out what that is i really want to figure it out
0: i exciting yeah i always feel like um you know i was lucky enough to do this film with um over Zellweger last year, and
1: uh, um... can we just stop there just a second? Because I was just going to go big up to yourself for Judy, and oh, I went to plastic. see it on a lovely. Uh, oh no, amazing! I went to see the... it downtown. A friend said to me, "We're going to go to the cinema, the Chelsea Cinema." I was like, "Okay, what we're going to see?" It's went Judy, and I hadn't read anything. I realised I hadn't collected. Um, anyway, we we go in. I went. Oh my god, this is Rupert's film oh stop it oh my god okay sit down so <laughs> <Sit> downtown <laughs> new york uh at the chelsea uh cinema it's brilliant being but what i love about you as well can i just i know you're gonna we're gonna talk about Miss misal in a minute but just seeing uh daniel sequeira jesse buckley um jada Mcnee, uh andy mm. lyman all these mm. amazing actors who i know i just thought it was just wonderful that you put them in there i think that that was just gorgeous yeah. Disgorgeous. Bless you. Yes, what
0: was that like? It was great. Well, do you know what? I I, I remember um, turning over on the first day and thinking there's something about an innate theatre star that the energy kind of pours out of them and you feel it hits, you know, the top of the balcony and the back of the stalls. And it's not to do with projection or size of performance. It's just like they... There's just something there. Yeah. Yeah, it just is is a sort of like a bright light bulb that kind of fills the theatre. And... I feel like a screen star. It's like the magnet's reversed; that the the light and the energy flows towards them. And, and that, I don't mean yes. that like in a selfish way, because I, I, that's a sort okay. of language that we apply to acting that's selfish. But actually, they they just trust that the the eyes are coming into them in some weird way. And um, isn't it you know, extraordinary
1: I, I, to watch though? It's extraordinary it really, to watch yeah. that. So and and they both. Miss like you've had Miss Selbyger. Yeah. I've had Miss Miss Kidman, Nicole Kidman, right. to watch yeah. up close. See that and the great Hugh Grant as well. But there's something about those people who are steeped in film, which is for me, Zellweger and Kidman. And you go, Mm. how how do you do that? How do you do that? How did you work with that? Uh,
0: You just, um, it's just a quieter energy around, well, for Mm. me anyway, around the, around the unit. Um, But, but the thing I, you know, I, I'm still mesmerized by you can rehearse a play and you see wonderful work in the rehearsal room. And then you see the actor in front of an audience and, it's like another switch has been hit and it's the same true <laughs> yeah. when the camera turns over on, on screen and
1: uh, yes. I just find that
0: fascinating that the sort of transformation yeah. of being watched um, that happens with that yeah. kind of thing and, and I, suppose, I suppose just to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about earlier do, do you think, you know, you could say that um, being comfortable with being watched or trusting how people are going to watch you is... is um, is a kind of politics in a way, isn't it? And do you feel I'm mean, going back to Harry Potter when you when you talk about mm. the individuation in the audience and you talk about the gregarious audience member or the shy one? You know, obviously mm. there were admittedly, hopefully very few, but uh, you know, people might have gone in with political attitudes, particularly towards you playing that role, that were yeah, you know, as best not beat around the bush, probably racist or whatever. Do do yeah. do, 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 do do you feel like uh, you know uh, uh, as uh, a black actress that you know, asserting your right to be beheld has been something that has also been part of your journey? That like, Or, or did you know that from the beginning? I mean, I, like, I'm just interested that, that, that theatre is so often a white space and, like, yeah. you know, f- for actors of colour, do you think um, that the it's stepping to, over that because, threshold to kind of... Yeah, go on.
1: No, I'm just... Is it the white space? And, and, and it kind of t- ties into your question again earlier on about this age of actor that I am mm-hmm. for what it was like when we were younger and the younger ones uh, now just doing it. There's just something about that sense. This is who I am and walking in, you see my skin first. You don't hear my thoughts. You don't hear my voice. You see my skin first. How you, you react to that is how you react to that. Now what's changed for me in the 20, 30 years now since I nearly I started doing this professionally is that I'd say 25 years ago, I was making excuses for being in the room. I was like, mm. just just, just, because it's usually just one person, one person of color, one person who is mm. other. And the whiteness was the default. Whereas now I'm going, I'm here, mate, and I just want to be a good actor. I just want you to define me as a good actor. Whatever the stories are, um, let's see what comes out of that. Uh, and that's what I'm seeing the younger generation come in with, "I just want to be a good mm. actor. I'm not making excuses about my color. This is just the way it is. Mm. Um, is that the, so the politics I, 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 of that, But there's an awareness. I'm not being you know what I mean? I'm, I'm I'm not being dumb about it, because I, you, I know that I walk in, I'm going to be playing Hermione. and this is what I look like, So deal with it. And then how you deal with it is going to be interesting. I've yeah. already taken the gig, and as a lovely friend said to me, "Oh no, ma." you could have been awful i always remember that it was just and i was just burst out laughing because that's <laughs> the truth i could have been an awful actor for all the say people thought political correctness if, if they saw it as that political correctness of having been me being given that role which it wasn't at all when you realize where the workshops were it was that's the actor i want please let me tell me show me let me let me know that i'm 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 good. I did. I did the job well. I did the job well. Ultimately, yeah. And then we can talk about the other stuff. Yeah.
0: And so now, so now you're in New York in America, and America. Of course, there has been stuff in the uh, in discussions over here about you know, do we have a sort of talent drain, particularly of Black British actors over to the states? And uh, I'm just sort of interested about uh, does it feel very different being a, a Black performer over there? Uh, I mean, it, a Black has, British performer. Yeah, I guess, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, you've been there a year now since Harry's finished. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. it's just but yeah, it's just every year since Harry's finished. And what's interesting, the choice to stay in New York was interesting because it was based on my daughter's education. And mm. because she came to do schooling um, through the show, that was the deal. And then we were going to come back. And then she's dyslexic. And she found this school that she fell in love with and asked if she could stay. And I went, oh, well, I'm, uh, I can we, can we can talk to your father about it. I have no problem because I don't own anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm The world seemed to go, you can be here for a moment because it's this year and next year, mm. just for two more years to, to do what you need to do in terms of her education. So I'm very lucky that I have other people to think about in terms of mm. what I need to do with my life. But i'm not negating my life because with that i realise the opportunity of going well then i can be here and try and do more tv and film work after doing those three years on stage at harry potter and it is literally striking while the iron is hot whatever mm-hmm. you know that expression and i kind of go and it mm-hmm. may may fail but we are coming back um in the next couple of years or maybe we aren't i don't know i'm tr- really trying to go with the flow of what the universe yeah. is doing at the moment because i really do believe that i do believe we've got to be open don't resist that the the ask was from somebody else saying could i stay and finish off these two years of middle school mm. and i was like yeah i have no problem because you are doing great you are doing great yeah. so let's let's finish that um yeah
0: well listen we do hope you come back and you know i guess
1: the business to period is telling us that thing.
0: none of us know what's around the, <laughs> the corner right, well, no No. one. Knows, um, no so so let me let me wrap up and just say um obviously we'd love to have you back at the almeida and we last had you here with carbon disruption wasn't it um simon yeah and i just wanted to ask you just because we are all emotional about not being in our building like um like for you what, what 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 do you cherish about the almeida either as a space or a place to work
1: oh my god it's the almeida I mean, it's. Literally, I just remember. I remember getting that game going, "Finally, I'm at the Almeida," um, and then that extraordinary piece of theatre that we all created um, was fantastic. Do you know what it is? It's the bar. I lo- I love the people working behind the bar. I love the ushers. Mm. And Mary, God bless the Mary. Mm. And I saw. Was yeah. it? What did she get? Did she get a An award yeah. from the stage? I yeah. No. Well, better yeah. still. Yeah. Like, I love it. I can't remember. The, uh... <laughs> Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, But also that space is extraordinary. So from having been, I remember going there years ago, before the revamp, and uh, watching actors who I thought were amazing and going, I'll never get into this space. I remember thinking that I'll never get into this space. That's not the kind of actor I'll be. So when I finally got into the space and with the work that we did, I was like, oh, my God, wow. We have just gotta just be in our stuff because don't say never say never. You never know. I mean, the joy was right. was. It's, it's it's the Almeida. It's the Almeida. It's the Almeida. It's the Almeida. Mm. <laughs> it's the Almeida. Okay.
0: <laughs> Good. I, love, well, it. Listen, remember, I love it. I love it. I love it so that. much. <laughs> thank you for for that show, and also thank you so much for for getting on the on the call like this. Thank you for listening to the Almeida Theatre podcast. Recently, we've had to take the very difficult decision to temporarily close the Almeida. As you can imagine, this has had a profound financial impact on us as a charity. And right now, every penny counts for us. If you are able to support us during this time, any donation, large or small, will make a huge difference. Take care, and I look forward to seeing you at the Almeida soon. Thank you for listening to the Almeida Theatre Podcast. For more, head to almeida.co.uk forward slash explore.